We're here with the Herring Men. This is John Doran. I'm Luke Turner. I would invite you to pull up a poof and relax yourselves because today we are live from Krakow with John and Luke and Drew and Martin from Matmos. They're tough, they're buff, and they've had enough of your half-assed musical concepts. It's Matmos. Thanks for joining us very much. Thanks for never, never did, never had enough. <laughs> Thanks for having us. Not yet, anyway. Did you say pull up a poof? Am I actually? Yeah, this is like, I mean, this isn't a word that always translates that well. A poof is, um, it's like a footstool, but a fancier mm, footstool okay. that you have in yeah. the north of England. Gotcha. And it would be like a wooden box, often covered in either leather or pleather. Mm. And uh, people, after a hard day at work, would pull up a poof and rest their feet on it. Okay. And what, oh. we're, at, what, we're, inv- what we're doing is inviting our listeners to <laughs> just relax. Turn off Facebook, just chill out and listen to what we have to say. Well, don't turn off Facebook if they're listening on Facebook Live. That'd be, yeah, that'd be <laughs> yeah. And leave... leave so um, is this what we call an ottoman? An ottoman, yeah. It's, an yeah. Ottoman. it's, it's like an ottoman, an ottoman, but you wouldn't store... Uh, you would, there's no storage element to the poof. Doesn't an ottoman right. have a flap? Because the, the ottoman has a... Uh, it has is a that the distinction? Okay. As far as I'm concerned, so Ottomans, you can keep, you can Ottomans keep laundry in are marsupial. Yes, yes, exactly. But yeah, poofs yeah, exactly. are not. for keeping <laughs> yeah. the heads of the infidel in. <laughs> <laughs> well, How you're pulling you up two poofs by fading up our faders on our mics That's right, right. Oh, now. That's right. Poof number one. <laughs> Poof number two. We're here. Poof, so we we've we, uh, the NTS quietest Matt Moss show has been going for less than three minutes, and already we've wandered into the territory of the problematic. Oh, yeah. We've offended several groups of people. <laughs> Sorry. Among um, them, me. So, um, how, how are you two doing, and how are you enjoying your trip to Poland? Oh, man. Very much so. I love it here. I've already just fallen in love multiple times as, walk, as I walk down the block. There's a very aesthetically pleasing uh, population here, and uh, I have had herring in honor of my Jewish stepfather, who was praising the herring of Poland. Though I must say, filial piety does not extend to having herring two nights in a row. So tonight I branched out with a sort of shepherd's pie thing. But yeah, d- beautiful people, delicious food, and really amazing performances so far at the festival. I've never been to Unsound before, but yeah, the performances so far were were killer. So yeah, agreed. Thumbs up. <laughs> and Martin, the first time I talked to you, um, yeah, we chose that theme music on purpose because well, I, g- I guess we wanted to mention briefly about your love for Exotica. Mm. Yeah, I think both Drew and I share share this fairly enthusiastically. Who who is this that we're this is uh, Lucky on. Pierre, which is he's not his real name. Uh, he's Aidan Moffat from Arab Strap, oh, the uh, Scottish sexy indie rock band. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, he started after Arab Strap, and bef- I think before he started his own sort of solo song based albums, he he came up with this uh, Lucky Pierre L Pierre character. I think that's a sex aid as well, actually. A Lucky Pierre. It's, it's like the, an it's, the it's the person in the middle of a three-person. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, is it? Oh, yeah. okay. So yeah. I, th- so, I, th- yeah. I think after the drugs wore off, it's that thing of like name your band in jest down the pub, regret. Mm-hmm. You know, right. you've got the rest <laughs> of your life to regret. <laughs> it. So it. Th- yeah. the, the third, fourth, and fifth mm-hmm. albums are by L. Pierre, not Lucky Pierre. So there you go. He's no longer meeting the sandwich. Um, but yeah, so we play this every quietest radio so the nice. bed, yeah, bed have music. Have you guys heard this, this that world standard? That's like no. a. You might like Harumi it. Hosono side project band that's also fake country Hawaiian exotica 
and it's great. If you like Yellow Magic Orchestra and that aesthetic, it's like a, a it's sort, of sort of plus this false mm. kitsch. And then yeah, we certainly engage in this sort of oh nonsense definitely from time yeah. To time. I mean, you took it further by making Batu Malablab. That was more in the direction I of like would, fake that traditional music. That does music. not require the kind of talent that this does. <laughs> at all. Uh, well, <laughs> see, you can say that. I can't. You'd be hurt if I said that. <laughs> oh. Well, well, well. I think we should move swiftly we should move on. on. So we, we, you're here um, to play Robert Ashley. Would you call it? Would you say it's playing Robert Ashley? Is that what you're doing? What's? Can you tell us a bit of yeah, why, why I, you're here at Unsound? Like, it's it's so fraught with problems. Like you want to say, since you're doing the, you're performing the music of an old dead white man. Um, like I'm, we're performing the compositions of Robert Ashley, but they're not written down anywhere, and there's no instructions really for them. So are they compositions? Like if you cover a song off of a record just by ear, is that it? Are you are you performing a composition by that person? I, I mean, I guess. Wasn't I don't know. Glenn Gould the one that said a composer is someone who puts things together? So if he put that text together and we there you go, so we're performing text, the compositions of Robert Ashley. We're gonna specifically Perfect Lives. We're gonna play three acts out of the seven uh, tomorrow night. We just had our rehearsal today. We're always a little like spaced out after rehearsal because you 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 sort of are combing through the material and trying to find your footing and. Uh, yeah, it it destabilizes you by I, by performing it and listening to it's it. It's really really demanding and really really fun. And there's like moments where I'm like grinning like an idiot while we play it, but there's also moments of like white knuckle terror of like, are you gonna make this transition? Are you gonna nail it or not? And you really don't want to blow it. So is this the first time you've been doing this with these musicians? This is tour it? is yeah, yeah. We've only done it once. We we had a performance at the Pompidou uh, in Paris a few days ago and. This will be the first one with subtitles, which will be interesting, I think. You, know. you were talking about that yesterday in the Q&A, this sort of extra mm -hmm. layer that it adds having Polish <laughs> subtitles that you say, Mike, somebody could have got them off Google. Who knows? Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, it's such a challenging text, even if you do speak English as your first language. And I think it's so idiomatic in the American vernacular. There's just certain phrases that you... you you only find out how portable they are when you take them elsewhere. I mean, it's kind of like packing for a holiday. I, I must admit, I'd never heard of any of this music until I interviewed you earlier in the year, and I've been listening to a lot of it since. And it's like really the kind of that listener frustrating thing with <laughs> not being able to hear all of the uh, lyrics or what he's saying all the time is really, really thrilling. And in a very oblique way, it kind of reminded me of when I first listened to The Fall. Mm. You know, oh, it's yeah. that thing of like, what, what is going on here? I'm not really not yeah. sure at all what this is. Logoria. So, yeah. And uh, and I was going to ask you a question because like but you you um, I think you preempted it and it's the only bit of trivia I had which is Stephen Stapleton's go-to LSD artist uh -huh. is Robert yeah yes yeah. So that's uh, automatic writing isn't yeah, it yeah it's uh, it's something of a factoid I discovered while obsessing about Nurse of the Wound was that the only music that Stapleton could tolerate on LSD was automatic writing because it has this sort of vague muttering and these soft tones that are quite muffled and distant and it feels very intimate but a little disturbing in the same way that acid uh, is that sense that you know surfaces like your, the texture of your jeans are starting to become active and the walls are starting to breathe. And I think that psychedelic state is something that Nurse of the Wounds aesthetic, you know, shares with Robert Ashley, even though they're quite different. Robert Ashley shares with Robert Ashley. 
And uh, what's the other the really psychedelic thing I find about the Robert Ashley, my old flatmate was a massive fan, and he was telling me, you know, he used to be on a, on Channel Four in mm. on British TV, and uh, I suppose well, I don't know what year that it was eventually on. It was broadcast sort of one evening, and it's the sort of thing you just don't really get on telly anymore. Channel, no. Channel Four <laughs> used to be amazing, and uh, I still are, I should say, as somebody who works for them occasionally. <laughs> No, they were great, though, weren't they? The kind of stuff they yeah, used I remember to commission. Yeah, the first time I, I came to England uh, on my own when I was 20 or something, I could not believe that late at night in, in a cheap motel, we turned on the TV, and there was some crazy video art thing on, on TV, you know, like not... Uh, I, it, and then yeah, there'd be a documentary about like the States. ecological payoff of non-flush toilets or something, you know, like just like something very worthy and very brave and very unpopular that they're just willing to like give the time of day to. So bless them. Uh, Luke, should we have a little <laughs> yeah, excerpt we, from we, Perfect Lives? We're going to have a little bit of the bar uh, from Perfect Lives now. This is a close-up, and armor, big muscles, gone to seed. It moves, but first, we read Rodney, the design looks Had a little live performance <laughs> there. <laughs> a little sneak preview. Place like when, that'll when make is, your flesh when is, loose. When is your show for people who are listening? Uh, when live? is it? It's yeah. tomorrow night at a time in the evening, and I have no <laughs> idea what time that is. There you go. And then you're coming to the Barbican as well. In we London are the Milton Court Theatre. Yeah. Milton Court Theatre. That's it. I'm pretty sure I know that's at 7:30. We don't want to give you that time. We don't want to give you a bum steer. Well, it's really steer. soon. I mean, it's just <laughs> a next week. Days. Yeah, yeah. Are you, are you working with different musicians everywhere you go? Uh, yeah, except in France, where the the same poor string group has to play with us over and over. Right. Uh, Martin, so you you've, you said this was like you used to enjoy listening to this record when you were a younger man and enjoyed smoking a lid. Sure. Um, oh so God, yeah. do do you feel like you had a better handle on what it was about when no, you were smoking? No, much less. Much <laughs> oh, right. much okay. less. No, I just then I just let it wash over me and made yeah. no attempt to understand what anyone was saying in any song. Really, yeah. I, I've never been a lyrics listener at all. So, so it was purely experiential then, but what about now? Have you got more of a handle on what it's about, if it is? Oh, sure, yeah. And I've even, even trying to avoid learning really what it's about. Uh, Max Eilbacher, the uh, bass player from Horse Lords, who's, uh, he, does, he, he and I sort of created the video for this show together. He got very deeply into researching about just every line. I, did, I think he did what... what Drew and his academic cronies call a close reading of the whole thing. And uh, sometimes I have to say, like, stop, stop. I, I don't want to know because I don't want to think that I'm doing it wrong. Fair enough. So coming up next, we mentioned just earlier Nurse With Wound, the fantastic um, experimental uh, British group. 
And uh, this is a track that they did with, um, I was going to say the Stereophonics. Oh, my <laughs> God. No, <laughs> no, definitely not. With Stereolab. Oh, my God. I'm going to sack myself as Adjust soon as I your get poof, home. I think. Um, anyway, this is Simple Headphone Mind. That was uh, where well still is Nurse Wu playing the background there. So you're, you're on tour with your washing machine now. <laughs> um, when you people give you things to put in the washing machine, and you were saying yesterday, there's a sort of depends uh, where you are. Um, We've in never the world. put depends in the washing machine. Never put <laughs> depends are disposable. I think they would dissolve. Actually, you're, doing you're not it supposed wrong. to wash those. <laughs> if you're washing those, do, do, do people give you undergarments at all, or is it? No, uh, they've been shy so far. Yeah, I, have. I have hopes, Honestly, we, we sort of prepped this thing with social media and whatnot and told people to bring things to wash. And every time I look at an audience and I go, so we wanted to wash something. Do you, did you anyone bring anything? They always give us the, like, stunned donkey look. I oh. feel like in Baltimore, and though, then someone we, would and then have, I have no to go, problem. Come on, someone give us something. And then someone is brave enough to take <laughs> off their scarf. <laughs> or their socks. And then yeah. one fellow gave us his socks, yeah. But, but I no. mean, we've taken, like, audience interaction pretty far at the, as far as tours where we would find someone in the audience and spank them and amplify spanking them or shave their head. I think the furthest was burnt. We did both of those things many times. Yeah, mm. so we're used to attempting to seduce people in the audience into letting us, like, touch them on stage but, in musical ways. But and what, but with they, consent, I, I must say. Yeah. Know. But they'll allow spanking, but not give you pants. That's a yeah, English pants. I don't know. Yeah, maybe odd, fashion is so personal, you know, and it's just hard to say. Or maybe if we rolled into like Phoenix, Arizona, or something, it would be a different story. You mean someplace warm? Yeah. They don't like Matmus in warm places. <laughs> <laughs> I've noticed that. Yeah, we're always playing in Norway and Poland, you know, and like they just don't seem to crave Matmus in in you know Molokai. So when I first talked to you two earlier this year, you'd literally just done your first mm. um, washing machine gig. You were kind of seemed quite euphoric. You said you'd only crawled in at six in the morning and clearly had a jolly old time oh, doing well, it. Oh, well, yeah. yeah. It was, it was well, half a year down the line. How are you feeling about the washing machine I now? Think he, I think he's talking about the Baltimore show. Oh, or maybe. Yeah. Okay. That was super fun. That was super, super fun. Indeed. Yeah. You know, it's it's strange. It's a, it's a harsh mistress in that you live by the sword, die by the sword, and you live by the concept, and then you've got to really walk that talk of, of by sword he means a giant white cube <laughs> yeah i'm no no yeah that metaphor didn't work but um it's about an unsword like <laughs> as objects get really it's it's a it's a challenge for spatial i awareness. really i really wish that hell away no sorry horns in the chapel by slayer contained a song called die by the washing machine <laughs> die by the washing machine <laughs> <laughs> We're specking out vans now, trying to figure out how are we going to do a West Coast tour. We're going to do a tour with um, Bully Fay uh, and uh, Jeff Carey and Mattmas as a as a three layer cake, and trying to fit all of us and a washing machine in a van is going to be a bit of a challenge. I don't know if we're going to have to make Bully Fay like sit inside the washing machine so that we can all fit. Hmm. 
I've got to say that the live show is absolutely fantastic. Mm. I danced my ass or ass, if you happen to be English, <laughs> off at the Oslo show. Mm. And uh, you also, you had an amazing um, kind of pre-show, which was a piece done by your percussionist. Yep. Oh, absolutely yeah, fantastic. Adam. Yeah, Adam uh, Rosenblatt does an amazing. Um, Mark Mark Applebaum is the composer of that piece. Uh, yeah, that's a that's a good listen and a good watch because it's a it's a memorized sequence of physical movements synced to a, a tape, but the timing is so tight that you get the illusion of causality of someone's gesture creating sound, and you truly like keep believing that he is playing that audio even though he's not. It's it's weird. It's really bewitching. Absolutely. It took me into that Club Silencio zone mm -hmm. from Mulholland Drive yeah. or whatever, you know. Um, but, uh, yeah, so how much longer? I, I, so you had to get um, another washing machine from Bavaria, I believe, for one of the legs well, of the... Well, we weren't sure how to do it. We were going we to do that, but then we wound up shipping our Baltimore machine to Bergheim to play... Yeah, we actually shipped our own machine. The one from your house. From yeah, from our States, house all yes. the way, which it sounds so... It is now so a resident of it Prague. Li it lives in Prague now. Yeah. And so we had to get another one from like a washing machine graveyard in Baltimore. But we may have to do that and source it again in L.A. Yeah. Like L.A. will probably have some... I already have agents at work seeking out How did you do your washing at home, though? Did, did, I, well, did, did, I, it, as it turns out, um, I went to a giant used washing machine warehouse in the serious nether regions of Baltimore, and that is nether indeed. <laughs> um, and uh, I found one under a pile of gears and stuff, and I said, this, this is the machine that I need. And the guy who works there comes over, he's like, why do you want this one? You know, he's and he so much better to ones. all these beautiful newer <laughs> machines at the same price. And I was like, do you really want to know? And, and he gives me this, like, no, but okay. okay. <laughs> he's a br Brazilian guy, as it turns out, because this conversation went on and on. And I pulled out my phone, and I showed him the video, you know, one of our videos. And I was like, see? And he was like, oh, okay, 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 okay. I get I, it. I get it. And I'm like, that, see, that's the ultimate care, too, by Whirlpool. And we have them, blah, 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 blah. blah. <laughs> you know, this stuff which is amusing to, you know, devotees of obscure music to the average um, Joe is not necessarily all that If only Brazil was a colder country, he might have understood. Yeah. He, no, he kind of, I mean, I think he got it. And he, uh, and, and then, we got and our machine. I had that shame of, like, is it funky enough like because they were playing like killer music in this washing machine warehouse and i was like oh you like music bachata and and reggaeton yeah and yeah and so and on and he was and he kind of like did an obligatory uh head uh, nod head, to our you know, our beats like, oh, he's like oh okay okay he's like okay come back tomorrow 150 dollars and for 150 dollars for a, a to me a brand new washing machine was amazing and so then I realized, like, God, we don't have to ship this thing around the United States. We can just buy one in any decent population. So you're going through them like Spinal Tap goes through drummers, essentially. Yeah, I, basically. Love them and leave them. No, we love them. <laughs> we love them. It's just a matter of practicality. I think toot it and boot it is how YG oh, would put oh, it. Oh. <laughs> See, you don't get sentimentally attached to the washing machines. I mean, is, 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 there, a, is there that? Is that that element to it? I'm the laptop creep. It. 
<laughs> yeah, he's the laptop creep. I actually lay my hands on it a lot. <laughs> so, um, like Drew, you've chosen some music for us to listen to. Indeed. And, uh, I think we should play one of these tunes now. Luke, do you want to introduce what we're going to Yeah, listen to this next? is Harvey Mandel and the Snake. Can you tell us about why you yeah, like the snake? You know, I was visiting my grandmother in Alabama. She's uh, 97 years old, and I was just checking in on her and seeing how she was doing. And I went into um, uh, a record shop in, in um, Birmingham, Alabama, and found this really scary-looking record of this sort of 70s prog dude with serpent eyes. And the record was called The Snake, and it just looked so satanic and creepy. And then I put it on, and it's incredibly funky. Like, this song is such a jam. Every time I hear it, it just makes me, like, move my neck in that way when you really love music. I don't know anything about Harvey Mandel, but I think <laughs> this song is so badass. Cool. Well, yeah, that is interesting. It's saying on the Spotify, The Snake, and the next option is Very, Very Hung. So uh, there we go. But we're going to have The Snake first, The Very, Very Hung Snake, uh, by Harvey Mandel. <laughs> That was the incredibly terrifying looking Harvey Mandel, but incredibly funky at the same time. <laughs> yeah, do Google Harvey Mandel's album, uh, the, um, the, Snake. the Snake. And <laughs> I've never, I, I, sonically, I, I would have guessed the animal just from the sound of the record. Th there's actually a song called Peruvian Flake on the record. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, yeah. Oh, my word. That's clear. It's that sort so of that's the vibe. It's like, like high point like of, of late 70s studio production. Coked out and, and cocaine and like, consumption. Like maybe a little bit paranoid and a little bit like yeah, he, on he, edge. Yeah, he, he kind of makes Warren Zevon sound <laughs> abstemious. You know what I mean? And like someone you could take to meet your yeah. mum or something. Um, that was so loose. I think we should play something uptight. Something uptight and British yeah. now, don't let's, we? Let's go. <laughs> Just I'm let's, let's worried a bit. Some, something now. miserable and angry and British now. So let's, bit, play, uh, let's play a bit of bit blurt. blurt. So, so, Martin, you were saying you blurt were a thing when you were at school. How did uh, you hear about blurt? Man, I think like so many things, we just we knew so little that we just went to the record store and look and bought whatever looked really weird. I, it's such a boring answer, but well, you had one seven-inch, right? It and was the had, yeah. All I, all I still to this day know of Blurt is these two songs: "The Fish Needs a Bike" and "The Royal Wedding Souvenir." But sometimes, so I'm excited to hear to more you, after you thirty-five song. years. <laughs> I'm glad we're able to introduce you to this. Uh, this is uh, "Puppeteer" by Blurt. <laughs> Thank 
Now, everyone who's listening at home and everyone who's sat in the bar, if you will indulge me for a second, I would like to read a slight excerpt from Errol Flynn's autobiography. Here we go. I also fancied myself a scientist. I found out that if you gave a duck a piece of fatty pork, something in its intestinal makeup caused the bird to pass the pork within a minute or two. From beak to exit, it was a spectacle you could observe very swiftly. We had plenty of ducks in our backyard. I pondered a night over this. It occurred to me that it would be interesting to tie a string about a 10 feet long to the pork. Out came the pork, which I then gave to another duck with the same result, holding onto the string that entered the first duck's mouth. In a few minutes, I had half a dozen ducks tied together, beak to rectum on this greased string. I was, in a stroke, and at the age of eight or nine, inventor of the first living bracelet. No scientist discoverer of an antibiotic could have been more enchanted than I. At once, I commercialized. I sold tickets to my friends. The ducks dragged one or about in all directions. Father came home and witnessed my venture into the world of science. You cruel little devil. He broke his unopened umbrella across my back. I scampered away with a cry of fright and a burst of tears. Why did you read that out to Matt Moss, John? Well, there is a, there is a point to this, and I wanted to ask you, where is the line with ducks? <laughs> when it comes to making music, where's the line with ducks? Well, our friend uh, Jason Willett of Half Japanese actually keeps feeding ducks... Animal, like in, animals to other animals <laughs> is probably just in bad taste right there. I'd like, but anyway, sorry. Yeah, our friend Jason Willett from Half Japanese keeps ducks as pets, and I realized the other day that I was having um, duck... Uh, on a duck poutine in front of him and, and this horrible feeling of guilt swept over me as I realized, you know, the ethical transgression that was unfolding on my plate. I don't know. Where, I think what, Errol, Flynn's fa- father, Errol Flynn's father did the right thing. Yeah, I would give I've, him a I've good thrashing. I've got to say that, actually, according to Snopes, I had a little look earlier and Snopes says that this is made up and actually this is an urban myth and uh, Errol Flynn is trying to pass off an urban myth as mm. part trying to make himself look more interesting maybe <laughs> I was what, um, how about your attempts to recreate duck sound and play it back to ducks well ducks you know hardly the same <laughs> no no no, <laughs> no well, I mean like what I would like to say is yeah. like, obviously you're on the right side of yeah, the line yeah that's true <laughs> we're the, the people for the ethical um, miss treatment of, of, of ducks. We played ducks our, our cut-ups of latex t-shirts and recorded their responses. Uh, they seemed sportsmanlike about it and willing to they put up with... They largely ignored us. I was chasing them around with the tape recorder like, no, pay attention. <laughs> they weren't having it. No, they yeah. weren't really having One it. One person was holding a bit of pork, the other the tape recorder. <laughs> <laughs> who, who knows what yeah. might have happened? Yeah, next time we'll bring pork. So what we, we, we've got another piece uh, for you now. Thinking about the sort of field recordings, recording nature, and it's uh, a piece by uh, well, it's not it's Chris, Chris Watson mm. talking about um, his project he did called the Town Moor up in Newcastle, and uh, this was part of it. The, he uh, you know doing Chris Watson making a soundscape of this moor that was then played back in surround sound in a blacked out cinema. It was incredible. And they had a big BBC outreach thing to get to kind of local kids. And what he did for local kids uh, was created a, a cow pat, you know, a cow turd, mm. uh, which they put in the lobby of the BBC in Newcastle. So when kids came in, they could stand on the cow pat and he would make a noise. So we're just going to listen to Chris Watson discussing the art of maybe there's some good tips for your duck um, 
uh, uh, attempt here. But this is Chris Watson on how to record a cow pat. One of the things I've always wanted to do, it sounds a bit odd, is actually record the sounds of dung beetles. Now, there's lots of cattle on the town moor at the moment producing lots of dung, and there's some beetles and flies that inhabit that dung and make quite interesting sounds. So I'm looking forward to, that's not looking forward, I'm interested in the idea of putting one of these little microphones in a, in a cow pat to have a listen to what's happening and I'll clean it before I put it on any presenters, I promise. We're on the town moor by one of the wooden gates, and what we've found is this perfect cow pat, a fresh cow pat, and it's being inhabited by dung flies, these large orange flies which are hovering and landing on the surface, and they have this really quite deep buzzing sound, which I'm really interested to know how it sounds from within. Just push that in. <laughs> I don't know if I can quite explain what we've just done, but we've been working with a cow pat for the last um, half an hour or so, trying to find ways of recording these quite remarkable large orange dung flies which inhabit the surface of cow pats and lay their eggs on the cow pat. And wildlife sound recorders. So one thing I've noticed about them is they have this really quite deep buzzing sound, which is quite a challenge to record. And in fact, the only way we found of recording it here this afternoon is to use some of my small, quite expensive personal microphones and just r gently rest them on the surface of the cow pat and then let the flies return. So what you get is as if you're. You put, <laughs> If you put your head into this cow pad and you can hear all this activity in and around your ears, it's very close perspective, but trust me, it was the only way of getting that very close-up, deep buzzing of the dung fly. These are personal microphones, so they're designed to go on people, so you see them on Look North every night, newsreaders wearing them on the lapels and ties and, and blouses <laughs> mine. The last place those microphones were on were on David Attenborough's blue shirt <laughs> out in the jungle somewhere, but I won't be telling David where they've been next time I work with him. I'll make sure they're clean. So that's Chris, Chris Watson there talking about how to record a cow pat. One of the, I could listen to Chris Watson talk for hours and hours. He's a, a wonderful man. Has he sort of been influenced on, on Matmos at all? And we, we sort of thought there, there probably was something there. I don't know about influence, but I think he is the reigning emperor, obviously, of the field recording genre. That, the way that was edited, though, like you never got to sink into the... The, into the, the cow pack. Into the field recording, like, uh, uh, you know, reverie. I like that. It was edited. So, so I'm, I'm going to do it now. I'm going to stick the mic up. I like that he was so gamely. And before you get to enjoy that thing, he's talking again. So there's basically only. <laughs> which we know is the fly. But really, that's like a that's like a people like us. It sounds like a Vicky. It sounds like it's a Vicky like track. Vicky cut yeah. out all the like. You know, the <laughs> stuff in good taste. He's, he's got an amazing way of testing new microphones, hasn't he? Yeah, this is the um, uh, way. Every Christmas when he's got some new contact mics, he gets the uh, 
turkey carcass from the Christmas dinner, <laughs> stakes it out in the garden, and then um, mics up the bones as a sort of celebration every well, year. Well, I, I think there's a ritual element. He says his children, his grandchildren, really like coming round to this because they, they think it's quite macabre. But the, the the sound of the starlings' beaks on the turkey bones, oh, like sort of knives being drawn, nice. things That's like this. That's the one when I when I talk in schools and so on about this. I talk about the one with the zebra carcass. Yeah, I mean. That outside the circle of fire, uh, outside the circle of fire is is you know a a really singular achievement of paying very close attention to the world and hanging back and framing and cropping in in such an attentive, thoughtful way as awareness of just the gain structure and placement and how much you know payoff there is in making those aesthetic choices is amazing. I loved his sort of genial, uh, you know gentlemanly way of trying to not laugh, but then that his collapse into <laughs> laughter was so great that sort of scatology always wins, you know, that you just can't. Scatology always wins. That's a, that's a thing learned in, uh, thing learned in Krakow. Yeah. Yeah. Le- learned that the hard way. <laughs> really, have you? I think well, we, we, without you have to tell me about your evenings. <laughs> I think without even intending to, though, uh, out of the kind of chaos and the mire of the way we do this show, it seems to be like a bit of an industrial theme forming here. Obviously, I didn't even stop to think that. Chris obviously used to be Cabaret Voltaire. Cabaret Voltaire. Yeah. We've played Nurse with Wound, and then we thought, obviously, we know that both of you two love TG, and we mm-hmm. love TG as well, so we thought we'd play some TG in a bit. But before that, we should play another song that you brought in with you. Yeah. And should we go for Billy Fay? Let's go, yeah, let's go for Billy Faye. I hadn't bully. heard... Bully. Bully, bully Faye. Sorry, bully sorry. Faye. sorry. Bully that's Faye. all right. I like um, it. Every, we do every, literally every, everything every, wrong. Everything. Like, Live on STN Radio. Is, oh, we, will play, <laughs> we will play some Bully Faye when it appears. I'd not heard of Bully Faye before. We, There's no reason you should. No, we, until um, you... Um, well, no, we don't want Bully Faye quite new. yet. Yeah, we just um, put it out world. on... Uh, it's Vague Terrain, Vague Number 7. We put it out on our label, um, and it's... Uh, we're really, really chuffed about about what what Bully Faye does. Um, I don't want to hype it like in a gross hype man way, but I think this sort of like queer non-binary rap music that is constantly kind of collapsing and yet sonically it's really satisfying. And as just far as flow, like the delivery really works for me. So I'm biased, but I think it's amazing. Yeah, it's a great record. Um, I, I bought it off Bandcamp. It's mm. the best place to go. Yep. And yes. there's a T-shirt as well. You can get a T-shirt. Uh-huh. And, an e- <laughs> and I didn't quite understand what was going on there, but you, there's a, you can buy it digitally. <laughs> and there's a T-shirt option. Uh, and we're going to listen to Sissy Fatigue now. Lately I use Clorox bleach, chlorine. In a hot tub, feed all over me chlamydia. Covered allergy, stocking made a nylon string. I'm walking in jeans, smile lines, grease, white shirt that I clean. Yoga mat evening, comrade peace. Wait a minute, Mr. Funny Man. I've been waiting for the funny band. Concentrated on the moment when the water ran. Cellophane, you can put it in the money can. Webcam in the weather getting wet again. I'm a man, no, I'm a woman in a man. The party going in again. Pull on all my filament. I dress me like the government. Silly me, comedy. Lately I use Clorox bleach, chlorine. In a hot tub, feed all over me chlamydia. In a carpet allergy, stocking made a nylon string. I'm walking in jeans, smile lines, grease, white shirt that I clean. Yoga mat evening. Come 
please go and buy the Bully Faye record from Bandcamp. That was amazing. Yeah. Um, and there was another cleaning theme as well there. Yeah, Clorox bleach. It seems to be about yoga mats and the fear of chlamydia from yoga mats, <laughs> I think, is, a, is, is the theme of that one. Uh, <laughs> I see, as so, a non-lyric guy, I have listened to that song, oh, I don't know, 500 times, because he recorded it. And you didn't get chlamydia in, from in the, our Not yet. And it. I no. never understood that was the theme. <laughs> So, Drew, you've written a book on Throbbing Gristle. I have. I love that book. Guilty. I'm not just saying it because you're in the room. Oh, I really think it's my favourite 33 and a third book. Uh, have you read it, the book on um, Beachy Head? I have not. 20 Jazz Funk Greats, I should Jazz say. Yeah. No pressure, baby. <laughs> I will do. <laughs> Promise. <laughs> but, um, like, they were um, a young favourite of yours as well, Martin, I believe. Oh, man, my, my history with them is so shameful because uh, in my youth, I actually thought... I didn't like them. <laughs> and he yeah, had the all chance. My, all my cool friends uh, l loved them. And I, was, I liked the, uh, basically the Chris Carter stuff. Okay. I liked the rhythmic electronic stuff. And the rest, I was like, eh, I don't he know. He had the guys. chance to go to the Keysar gig. To go to the last oh, show. No. And all his and friends like, went. I don't know. And he didn't, I don't know. You guys, go ahead. <laughs> he didn't go. You are so lame, And they Martin. all went. And, you know, they, they all got these postcards in the mail. The mission is terminated. For having gone to the show, and boy, do I regret the hell wah, out of wah. that. That's a good. I mean, I know I've, I have the album of it, and that's, it sounds pretty good to me. I've got to say. <laughs> uh, I think um, uh, we should be cruel and play something off Heathen Earth. Then yes, this <laughs> is uh, s something came over me. Fantastic Throbbing Gristle, and uh, we're here, the quietest in Krakow, uh, for NTS Radio doing the, the misleadingly titled, I should say, Quietest Hour. It's the quietest 120 minutes, and we're joined by uh, Drew and Martin. I've got to say, it always an absolute pleasure to speak to uh, Matt Moss, as they're more commonly known. And uh, so, yeah, anyone who's listening to this live or over the coming weeks, do go and watch uh, the, um, the performances that they've got coming up in London. We've got the Barbican, is that right? That's right, yeah. And obviously in Unsound, it's tomorrow. Like, we don't know the time, we don't know the venue, but just Google it. You'll be it. there and we'll be there. Yeah. It'll be there. Uh, thanks very much for coming in. Thanks for uh, having Entirely us. our Cheers. pleasure. And we're going to finish with Vasilisk, yeah. Uh, which is one of your choices, Drew. Yeah, very, very mysterious industrial uh, tribal band that uh, their three albums have just been reissued on Bandcamp, and it's such a great thing that there's this collection called Liberation and Ecstasy that's amazing. So definitely seek them out. Check out Vasilisk if are you they, like. Are they Japanese? I can never figure out if they're Japanese or what. Um, the label was Italian originally, and the new label that reissued it is Austrian, but wherever they're from, it's a good place to go. Okay, well, thanks very much for coming on. 
And uh, yeah, this is Sacred Dance by Vasilis. Thank God that's over. Time to put the poof back in its dusty slot. You are enduring the Quietus Hour podcast, and if you're a real glutton for punishment, you can listen to the entire programme featuring all the music via our website at thequietus.com forward slash radio. If you'd like to support what we do, there is a support button on the front page of the website uh, where you can make donations and help us carry on our uh, fantastic work. Or you can just pay us to stop. <laughs>